0: Tonight, as corporate America buys up electronic dance music assets, we ask, does growing commercialization mean an end to EDM as we know it, or is it necessary growth for the genre? We'll talk about this and more with our special guest, Vincent Vega of Vegamore, plus fresh music, news, and festival and venue updates on this very busy edition of the Puget Sound Listening Hour. This is the Puget Sound Listening Hour, with Michael Jones... Rave, repeat. Ah, thank you, Fat Boy Slim and Reva Star. We will eat, sleep, rave, and repeat for another day. Welcome everyone. I'm Michael Jones coming to you tonight from Seattle. Thanks for joining us. And thanks for all the support in these first few weeks of the show. We're now available on Stitcher Radio on Demand where you can listen anytime, anywhere, on any device. You can download the Stitcher app in the App Store or get it from Stitcher.com. Coming up in this hour, we're going to be talking about the commercialization of dance music, specifically the relationship between corporate America and EDM. First, I'd like to introduce our guest for tonight's show. Joining us from Italy is Vincent Vega of Vegamore. Vincent, how are you, my friend? I'm fine, thanks. And you? I'm doing really good, buddy. Really good. I'm wondering, Begamore started out in the underground around 2009. What changes have you guys observed in these last six years?
1: Well, the music and the market is very changed. Um, mm-hmm. I think that when you start uh, in 2009, probably you had more chance to say something new. Sure. Right now, I think that the market is over it's overflowed of new artists that are trying to push uh, the good work that uh, they, they are doing. Mm-hmm. But I think that probably they cannot reach the attention they, they probably need.
0: Mm-hmm. Hard to get an extension so, in a market yeah. that's saturated.
1: Yeah, a little bit, yes. Um, so the, the, the scenes, I think it's very changed, very, mm-hmm. very changed. And, not just from the 2009, but if you start uh, before uh, 10 years ago, you probably go to a club to listen something new and a new selection uh, from the DJs. Mm-hmm. And now you go most to see the show the DJ is doing the uh, more than the music he, he is playing
0: right so dj's it, personality
1: so, yeah exactly he's turning more into a global show
0: mm-hmm. you're a drummer and uh, thomas yeah. uh thomas moore the other half of Vegamore, is a pianist by training how did the two of you end up producing edm I,
1: it helps A lot because I personally started when I was like ten years old or maybe Mm. eight. I don't I don't remember. So I I I was really young. And you know the music is music. So when you study uh, that kind of art, and it's like going to the bicycle. Of course, you cannot uh, (laughs) uh, forget. Right. So when uh, we decided to, to, to appreciate with the electronic music, uh, of course, we, we have some little advantages about uh, uh, making beats or melodies or stuff like that. Mm I think that if you can study music when you you are uh, young, you should do.
0: Oh, for sure. A musical education is invaluable in this business. It's kind of ironic that we're talking about the importance of a musical background when we're talking about musicians. Anyway, we'll take a break from our discussion and play some music from Vegamore. This is one of the first projects I worked with you guys on. Remember this, Vincent? This is Vegamore's remix of Fatboy Slim's Eat, sleep, rave, repeat. Yeah, awesome.
2: Baseline, boom, fucking boom man. I don't remember fucking anything, man I mean there are people dancing I think or maybe they were cops I think they might have been cops Eat, sleep, rave, repeat Wave repeat.
0: That was Vegamore's remix of Fatboy Slim's Eat Sleep Rave Repeat. Now, Vincent, Fatboy Slim isn't the only major artist you guys have worked with. What's been your most interesting experience yet?
1: Um, We was uh, very lucky during these years because um, starting from Justin Pearson of The Locust Mm -hmm. and Itox passing through Z. Uh, she is a singer uh, already collaborated we love z yeah yeah of course uh, then we, we have uh, the chance to collaborate with uh, Justin Pearson mm-hmm. and Chirac uh, of course he was well. i remember <laughs> i remember uh, this this stuff uh, he 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 was uh, like at my home uh, one week uh, and you know mm-hmm. uh, our studio was uh, in the fields uh, and we have uh, like a wine uh, uh everywhere around us so he was <laughs> totally freak out about uh, the the grapes
2: <laughs>
1: uh, yeah we pass uh, um, <laughs> the entire weeks drinking wine and making music was crazy were totally crazy
0: that's awesome and you know only with Otto bon chiroc <laughs> and your collaboration with Z was really amazing. People can check that out on YouTube as well, right on the Vegamore yeah, channel. Just, Absolutely. Yeah. It's very also, cool. People so- people want to check that out. Now, you've opened for a lot of people. Fatboy Slim was one of them. Steve Aoki, Zombie Nation, Atari Teenage Riot, Bloody Beetroots, the list just goes on and on. Who did you like working with the most? Tell the truth.
1: Probably the best gig Uh, we played was with Steve Aoki Mm -hmm. it was in Venice Uh, I can't remember if if, if it was in 2012 or Thirteen, I can't remember right now, but yeah, was totally crazy. Mm-hmm. It was uh, the biggest uh, party ever, and you know the people jump around and make a lot of noise. It was yeah, it was crazy. I cannot describe that. And also meeting the, for the first time, uh, Steve, was uh, an interesting uh, part of our career at the end mm-hmm. because we already released uh, on the mark. But we never had the chance to meet uh, him, so it was a special night for for us.
0: That's very cool. Well, you know, Steve Aoki has taken a lot of heat over here in the EDM media, if you will. Not many people have rushed to his defense, though.
1: Yeah, uh, I think that everyone uh, everyone who who is famous at the end get a lot of haters, mm-hmm. and it's normal uh, that the people something to say but at the end I think Steve uh, is one of the uh, biggest uh, uh, guys uh, in, in the music uh, because he started uh, with uh, DMAC uh, was one of the first label releasing uh, the the Electro then and a lot of other big artists so probably the people should think about this before speaking
0: yeah if steve were sitting here right now what would you say to him
1: uh, i would like to say uh keep the good uh, working uh and don't care about the the people
0: don't care about the haters yeah of course don't care about the haters steve and absolutely ioki contributed a lot to what is EDM today Steve is one of the greats in the business of EDM so hats off to him he really did help establish it as a genre now last year you guys undertook an ambitious project the four EP tribute to rave culture called pluralogy now volume one came out on degenerate in late 2014 and volume is coming out soon what inspired you guys to create this series
1: first uh, contact that we had the uh, with um EDM world was uh, in Las Vegas in 2013. That we we was there for EDC. Mm-hmm. Uh, really, the first big festival EDM that we uh, attend. So in that moment, I I personally uh, met a guy that uh, exchanged his bracelet with me, and oh, yeah? uh, he explained me the plural philosophy behind the music and behind the festival. And all the stuff around us. So it was really uh, interesting and new and was like a, you know, like a, a shower of emotion altogether, like a
2: mm-hmm.
1: path of emotion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I probably think that uh, EDC was the input uh, in our mind to to start something that kind of way and with that kind of
0: uh Sounds. So many people have great stories like that from the EDM scene. Um, let's play a track from the Pluralogy EP. This is Eclipse on the Puget Sound Listening Hour. Nice, that was Vegamore with Eclipse from their EP series, Pluralogy. Let's get right into our topic of the evening, the commercialization of EDM. EDM was born on the cultural fringe, of course. And like hip-hop and country before it, the genre is experiencing growing pains. We have corporate giants like Live Nation and SFX Entertainment gobbling up our once-underground assets. So two camps have formed. One, led by EDM stars like Armin Van Buren, is crying out against commercialization. They predict a loss of diversity and experimentation as big business takes over the dance music scene. In the other camp, there are those who say that big businesses is good for EDM, that it signals more investment, and therefore more music for the genre, kind of the trickle down theory of music. Vincent, what are your thoughts?
1: I think that probably, um, you know, when uh, genre become became so popular. Everyone try to earn money. Mm-hmm. So the problem should be if this kind of um, genre become became closed, for example, mm-hmm. and the new artists cannot enter just mm-hmm. because there are like uh, ten thousand others uh, people that are already doing the same thing see,
2: things. Mm-hmm.
1: So it's an. It's, this is really an hard question to to explain and to and to, yeah. to try.
0: and nobody really knows and nobody really knows the answers there are also rumors that some major artists are trying to distance themselves from the drugs and debauchery of the music festival circuit vincent do you think sanitizing the scene is going to help the genre grow or will it snuff out the creative energy
1: i think that you don't need drugs either to do or or feel the music Mm -hmm. um but I think also that probably you know the EDM and the dance music uh, is really uh, fit with, uh, with some kind of drugs and maybe some people go to to some festivals to feel and to have the experience. Sure. Uh, with with these two things together. Um, also, I think that probably if you. If you think uh, in the 70s when people take LSD, uh, probably Jimi Hendrix never do. Uh, Are you experienced uh, Mm -hmm. if if he doesn't take LSD? So do what makes you good and don't care about the rest.
0: Oh, of course, so much great music and art has been born out of altered states. You know, I do wonder if sanitizing the scene will change the events in the music. After all, dropping ecstasy, feeling the good vibes, having the music as a kind of soundtrack to the experience, that's been an integral part of the electronic dance music scene. Some would say that that's where rave culture was born. Anyway, we'd like to keep the conversation going about the strange bedfellows of big business and EDM. Email us your thoughts at pugetsoundhour at degeneraterecords.com. Let's take a look at music and festival news now. A dust-up between the music industry and broadcasters gets a congressional hearing next week. On March 10th, Senator Michael Lee holds his hearing on a 1941 consent decree, which outlines the broadcast of recorded music. The two major performance rights societies, ASCAP and BMI, want to negotiate separate royalties for things like the accidental broadcast of a song. Broadcasters see the move as punitive, saying they are largely responsible for driving the music market and shouldn't have to pay extra if, for example, a random car on the street is bumping music behind a TV reporter. Now we were just talking about big business and EDM and ironically, our festival news starts out with that very subject. On Friday, Live Nation bought a controlling interest in Sweden's largest entertainment group, SPG Live, which operates, among other things, the Summerburst Festival. Closer to home in the U.S., down in Georgia, the Chattahoochee Hills City Council approved a land permit allowing Tomorrow World to be held until 2025. This year, the festival will be September 25th through 27th in Atlanta. You can visit tomorrowworld.com for more info. And when Rock Rio arrives in Las Vegas this spring to host its first U.S. festival, it will feature an EDM stage. Organizers are announcing the lineup as the event gets closer. Rock in Rio is held May 8th and 9th and 15th and 16th. Go to www.rockinrio.com USA. If you happen to be going to ultra music festival in Miami this month, be sure to leave your selfie stick at home. Organizers tweeted on Thursday quote, selfie sticks or other polls are not allowed at ultra 2015. They will be turned away and will probably make fun of you end quote. The pick-on-a-stick devices were rejected for safety concerns. Ultra, of course, is being held in Miami March 27th through 29th. You can go to www.ultramusicfestival.com for tickets and info. Don't forget, South by Southwest is happening in Austin, Texas, March 17th through 22nd, with nearly 2,000 musical acts from around the world. For info, go to sxsw.com. Locally here in Seattle, we've always got a lot going on. On March 13th, Underground will be held to benefit Talk of the Town with experienced music projects, sound off winners, and other great local DJs spinning. You can get details and tickets at townhallseattle.org. Also on March 13th, The Seattle Art Museum holds Sam Remix, with local luminaries like DJ Doc Adam and DJ 100 Proof spinning at the dance floor and more. Visit seattleartmuseum.org for tickets and info. Boombox is playing The Crocodile on April 17th. For tickets, you can go to thecrocodile.com. Let's get back to the music. Tonight we begin our Submission of the Week segment, and it comes with a story. Around 11 o'clock Thursday night, I was pacing around my living room, as I so often do, debating which track to choose. Like magic, this email popped up on my computer. It said, quote, Hi, Michael, I'm Joel from Sweden. I saw your bio and I will need to pay the amount of a dinner or two to get this message through to you. I don't have any idea if my money will be well spent or not, End quote. Well, Joel, you'll be happy to know your money was not wasted. You're the first artist to be featured in our Submission of the Week segment. Joel is a Swedish artist currently based in Japan. He's formerly one half of a fairly well-known electronic duo in Europe called the Similu. Without further ado, here's our first submission of the week, Joel with Hiroshima. Once again, that was Joel with Hiroshima. Now if you're an electronic or alternative artist and want to submit a track for the show, you'll find the submission link along with the track listing for each episode. Coming very soon, we'll have a rating system online for submissions so artists can get feedback on their work in progress from our listeners. Now before we close this edition of the Puget Sound Listening Hour, we've got a very cool unreleased track to share with you exclusively here. But first, I want to say thank you to Vincent for joining us. Thank you, my friend. Thank you uh, to have me. (laughs) Haha, thank you, Vincent. Remember, you can follow me on Twitter at ThatMichaelJ and the show at Puget Sound Hour. We're going to close with one final track, an unreleased preview from Vegamore. This is fresh from the studio, and the title is Drive. Join us next week for a new episode of the Puget Sound Listening Hour. Until then, everyone, peace.